0: concerned are you about your reputation, about what other people think of you? For some, reputation is everything. They're glory seekers. And, And whilst on the outside they look happy and successful, on the inside, the desire to be liked, the desire to look good, the desire to be thought well of, is killing them. Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me, as here on this threshold of this new year, we take a look at your piece, your contentment, from a different perspective. Have you ever seen one of those old western movies where the bad guy comes into the bar and he starts to shoot at the feet of the good guy to make him jump and dance? And so the good guy is jumping and dancing to avoid being shot in the foot? Depending on the scene, sometimes it's funny, like in the final movie of the Back to the Future trilogy, and other times it can be really quite serious and scary. But anyhow, it's a motif that's repeated over and over again in many a Western movie. Now, just think about the guy who's being shot at, the one who's doing the jumping and the dancing. What do you imagine is going through his mind? Shock? Terror? Fear? The adrenaline must be pumping to stop him from being hit by the bullet. The one thing that's not going through his mind at that moment is peace and contentment. Obviously, it's a bit difficult to be content when someone's shooting at you, right? And yet that, in a sense, is how many people are living their lives because they're so worried about what other people think of them. They're so concerned about their reputation. They're they're worrying about what people are saying behind their backs. And all that comes from the fact that we want people to think well of us and to speak well of us and to like us. We worry about our reputations more often than we worry about whether or not we're doing the right thing, whether or not our lives are honouring God. I again speak with some authority on this because I used to be really concerned with what other people thought about me. Well, I can tell you, if that still bothered me, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. Some guys put a video clip up on YouTube claiming I'm a heretic. Well, as well as lots and lots of encouraging phone calls, letters and emails, I get the odd rude one or disparaging one too and the odd video on on YouTube. And if those things got to me, I simply wouldn't be able to keep on going. The miracle in my life is that God transformed me from someone who tried to be everything to everyone, to someone who's content with who I am, and probably more importantly, who I'm not, what I can do and what I can't do. I, I, like you, have strengths and weaknesses, and I've come to grips with the fact that some things I'm just not good at. But it wasn't always like that for me. And so when you're trying to be everything to everyone, when, when you're running around keeping up appearances, man, that is seriously hard work. That, that's exhausting. That's exhausting. And it was only when I started feeling safe in Jesus that I started caring less and less what people thought of me and said of me. I'm me. You know what? I do my best. Oftentimes I say things that God tells us through the Bible, and that seems to be out of step with contemporary thinking. Well, that's it. Can't be any more or less than I am. The problem comes when our reputation is more important to us than our relationship with Jesus. Let me say that again, because it's important. The problem comes when our reputation is more important to us than our relationship with Jesus. The problem comes when we go looking for glory for us, and we forget that God doesn't share his glory with any man, which is precisely the point that Jesus made in a powerful way. Have a listen to this. "'I can do nothing on my own,' said Jesus. "'As I hear, I judge.' And my judgment is just because I seek to do not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See, if I testified about myself, my testimony wouldn't be true. There is another who testifies on my behalf, and I know that his testimony to me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. Not that I accept such human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a testimony greater than John's. The works that the Father has given me to complete, the very works that I'm now doing, testify on my behalf that the Father sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified on my behalf. You have never heard his voice or seen his form, and you do not have his word abiding in you, because you do not believe in the one whom he sent You go searching the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and yet it's they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I don't accept glory from human beings, but I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. If another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept glory from one another and don't seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God. John 5, verses 30 to 47. The point that Jesus is making here is that he's not here to build an empire. He's not here to build himself up into an empire and to be weighted on hand and foot. He's not here to get more disciples than the other rabbis, although in the end, that's exactly what's happened. Jesus came to do his father's bidding. And when people, those people with whom he was speaking, didn't accept him as the Son of God. He knew precisely why it was. He put his finger right on the problem. Let me read it to you again, the last verse, verse 47. Jesus asks this question. How can you believe when you accept glory from one another and you don't seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God? Good question, right question. If people are seeking their own glory from one another, accolades and awards and pats on the backs and compliments it's a sure sign that they're more interested in their own glory than God's glory. A little later, Jesus said to his disciples, the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Do you know what he was talking about? He was predicting his crucifixion. For Jesus, being glorified meant sacrificing everything for you and me. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. One of the reasons that so many people aren't content is because they're chasing the glory of men, the glory of their own reputations and because people are fickle you end up riding a roller coaster of public opinion and that's that's no way to find contentment is it so long as you worry about your reputation and what other people think and what other people say you can never be content ever jesus knew that that's why he said to them i don't accept glory from human beings Elsewhere, John records that Jesus, on his part, would not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to testify about him, for he himself knew what was in everyone. John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. So, who were the them that he didn't entrust himself to? The crowds that were following him because they saw all the miracles he was doing. In other words, he didn't get sucked in by all the people who were ooing and ahhing at his miracles, because he knew that they were the very same people who would one day be shouting, crucify him. Yes, we have relationships. Yes, we trust those whom we love and our close friends. Yes, we listen to trusted advisors who come to us and tell us some hard things sometimes about ourselves. That's how it should be. But the fickle opinions of people who are serving their own needs, the completely valueless taunts and words of flattery from people who themselves don't have a strong and decent character are not the yardsticks for our performance. If we listen to them, then we're no different to the cowboy dancing to the shots of the bad guy in the Western movies. The only yardstick to measure who we are and whether we're living a good life or not is God. And we find his yardstick, his measure in his word, the Bible. The beauty of that is that his word is true. And when we fail and when we fall short, you and I, in him, we have forgiveness through the grace of Jesus Christ. Mate, that's where you find contentment. Nowhere else. Before I go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love To pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond.